All right, we're here live with possibly the most uh, electrifying man in the CPU, Mehar Bogal. Um, Mehar, I just want to touch on your performance at nationals. Um, you know, you're a national champion multiple times over. Um, some would say the most dominant champion of all time, uh, benching one attempt and not even having to take your second and third and annihilating the field. Um, how, how do you do it, man? A beautiful one-for-one one performance. Uh, do, you want me to, do you want me to recap what happened in Nationals or what? Well, you can do a brief little bio of yourself, who you are, what you do, uh, your experience in powerlifting, and then you can touch on your Nationals performance if you like. Sure. Uh, I've been powerlifting, I've been competing in powerlifting since 2013. Uh, I competed exclusively raw from 2013 until 2016. 2016, I did quipped and raw, and then since then, I've only done, I think, uh, one raw meet in 2018, which was just kind of on a whim. Provincials, right? Yeah, Provincials has has a fun and funny meet. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, I, I coach on the side as well. I've got about 10 or so athletes. Uh, side team. That's, that's been fun. I've been doing that since 2017. And it's starting to really pick up as of late. Uh, yeah, that's about, that's about it for me. I've got, my, I've got my BA in psych on the schooling side. And I'm thinking of going back to doing like masters. And then I, uh, I also... Uh, I just got my realtor's license and I'm also working with my dad doing some uh, uh, venture things. stuff in, uh, in renewable energies and uh, biomedical stuff. So that's I'm kind of all over the place, but you know, I, I assure you, I assure you I'm, uh, I'm focused on each of those areas. And you don't, <laughs> and you don't pay for anything. <laughs> the brown man never pays. Brown man never pays. That's, that's number one. That's the number one lesson. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, um, yeah, go ahead and talk about your Nationals performance and uh, how great it was. Yeah, so uh, so Nationals was actually, so I think this was my, what, 2016, 17, 18, fourth Nationals. And uh, it's funny because historically leading into equipment needs, you know, I'm having issues with depth or, you know, I... I frequently will not touch during a training cycle or a deadlift. I might have grip issues or there's always at least one issue on each lift that's, you know, starts to freak me out. But leading into this meet, I was hitting depth consistently. I was touching and pressing consistently and I was, I had no grip issues. Uh, so if anything, I was expecting this to be the one meet where, you know, maybe I, maybe I do pretty well and go, you know, seven for nine, eight for nine or nine for nine, God forbid. Uh, uh, instead what happened was squats felt pretty terrible. I went, I only took two attempts, but I went two for two with a little 10 kilo PR actually. And then I went to bench and I, uh, I've recruited the help of Blaine Sumner and, uh, the way Blaine uses the bench shirt makes you, uh, it's quite a tight line that you're riding in order to get <laughs> quite, a few, quite a few kilos out of the shirt. So I opened up with 195, and I touched and pressed that actually on the Monday, and I competed on the Saturday. So I touched and pressed that earlier in the week, twice I think for two singles, and they were both really smooth. Took long commands, it's great. And then in the meet, 
I, uh, I think I was just fiddling with my shirt a bit too much. We warmed up early, and I was just playing with a shirt, not even thinking about it. It was just uh, maybe an anxiety thing. I'm not sure. And then uh, I went out to take my opener, missed that, went out on my second, and I dinged the, uh, the rack as I locked it out, came crashing down onto me, and then the third, I just didn't have a chance. There was about, I think we had about seven minutes between each attempt, so not really uh, oh, much time funny. to get uh to get fueled back up for a third attempt so that was nationals <laughs> so when just for the listeners that don't know because like a lot of my mom's friend listen to this and they don't know the rules <laughs> of powerlifting so um like right. if you don't say you get uh two your squats in you get to move on to the next round which is benching right. um and if you you don't get one of your three bench attempts at least one then you are disqualified and we call it bombing out and um, that's what Mayhar did. He bombed out, uh, bombed which is actually pretty common in equipped powerlifting because um, the gear is just uh, some guys just can't hit depth or they um, the weight's too heavy for them to you know when they they get to depth they just can't they can't lift the weight um, and then same with the bench shirt um, you're riding a fine line especially with the way Blaine has you benching uh, how much uh, how much did you put on your bench and like what was it two or three months of working with Blaine? Oh, it's ridiculous. I, uh, historically I'd get, oh God, I don't know, 10 or 15 kilos out of a shirt. It was almost, it almost felt silly even putting the thing on. Uh, so I was about at 165, 365 pounds, uh, quite consistently for a while. And then I, uh, we hit 430, 195 kilos a bunch of times. And then actually in training, once I hit 220, which is 485 pounds, and that was, that's only seven and a half kilos off the national record. So that was quite motivating. But again, uh, when you're riding the shirt that tight, it's, it's pretty hard to reproduce that 220 kilo press. And I'm, I'm yet to do it again. Yeah. It's such a, uh, the shirt is just such a elusive, <laughs> elusive thing. Like, for those of you that don't know Blaine Sumner, he's he's uh, probably the strongest quip lifter to, lifter to ever live. Yeah, he's uh, got, a, I think, a 505-kilo squat, which is uh, ridiculous. And then he recently benched 1,003 pounds, which is <laughs> equally, if not more, ridiculous. And I think he's got the highest total ever in IPF history. So He's a beast. He's a strong dude. Yeah, he's a absolute monster. Um, are you still working with him? Yeah, I uh, I just got my pec uh, injected with PRP just to just to heal a nagging injury that's been there for with Tren. <laughs> yeah, with Tren. Uh, no. <laughs> Platelet-rich plasma. So I, I injected that, and uh, I've just had a pec injury for about on and off for about two. And then uh, Tom Kim, world champion as well. He he taught me about being intense and not really thinking about stuff. Just you know, just loading the weight, putting it on your back. And squatting it you know not not overthinking things just doing it uh adam ramsey who doesn't need much of an introduction you know world games athlete uh multiple national records were unequipped uh he taught me how to be a true technician how to dial back intensity how to be more submaximal play with the metrics uh really really think of things through a uh, a scientific and calculated approach and uh uh, Stephen Cassioli, he taught me how to reduce frequencies, uh, be a bit more, focus a bit more on health while also progressing the lifts. And uh, I think I think there's a benefit to each coach that you use. And uh, and for that reason, I think 
when I coach other people, I'm able to, you know, with someone, maybe, uh, maybe I see, a, okay, we got to focus more on technique. Maybe we got to, maybe we do have to take a more submaximal approach. Okay. Maybe with someone else, they are, maybe they're like me, they're overanalyzing things. Maybe we've got, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe my emails to them are only, you know, a few lines and that's intentional unless I see something, some sort of egregious error, right? Maybe, maybe I just send them a few lines. They're all compliments. And, uh, and that way they don't really focus on, Oh, what if my, you know, my toes turned out three degrees too much. Right. So, uh, when I'm, when I'm coaching someone, uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I don't think physiologically that, you know, the training approaches matter, all that much. And I think it is, maybe it's my influence from, from my education and psych, but I think psychology is 90% of it, you know, like does giving someone a single, an RP eight before they do their working sets matter that much? Maybe, maybe there's some, you know, post activation potentiation effect, you know, maybe it matters, but maybe what really matters is, you know, they, they don't get scared when they see 90% on the bar now. Yeah. Uh, so, so my approach is, it's a largely psychological approach. Uh, there's there's enough ways to 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 get strong in powerlifting that that you should notice that maybe it doesn't really matter all too much. You know, you've got you've got Shaco who's produced you know tons of world champions and uh, and his approach. The fundamental aspect of Shaco is to have variability from week to week. That is, he he said it himself. That is the number one thing he looks for. And then you've got Mike Tashir, who's also produced world champions, and he uses the emerging strategies uh, protocol, which is absolutely no variability from week to week unless they stall. So polar opposite uh, approaches to training, but both leading to world champions. So clearly the programming matters, but, you know, it How doesn't much? really matter. Yeah. <laughs> that's my That's my long answer to that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people they get paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And they they start to overthink things, and it's just like I think just giving the body a stimulus is is you know the name of the game. Hundred um, percent. I don't think uh, necessarily um, one tech you know one one way of going about it is is uh, is more superior necessarily. You know, every athlete varies, I guess, to a degree, but I don't think. Um, for sure. I don't think every athlete is as you know like a special snowflake like they think they are. Um, no, usually not. Obviously, there are going to be some variabilities in how you go about things, but for the large part, it's you know it's progressive overload, some uh, some specificity, and you know, you usually end up getting stronger over time. For sure, yeah, and it takes uh, takes time. That's the biggest thing. Lost lost my train of thought. <laughs> you need go the al- you need the alpha brain, boy. Um, and then, uh, what about some tips for new coaches? Like, uh, you know, some, you know, game day coaching, um, as well as, uh, as programming and stuff like that. Uh, for new coaches, I think the biggest thing is to, uh, is to, uh, I wouldn't (laughs) got, got people walking in here. Uh, For new coaches, I, I, would, I, would only, I would only take a couple people at a time. 
you gotta you gotta realize how much time you want to put into this. There's a few different ways about going about it. You can either give like monthly programming, and you know, maybe you only check in with them once a month. I'm not really a big fan of that. I do weekly programming and weekly check-ins and all that because I think that's I think that's a better way to go about it. Uh, as far as handling goes, um, most of the time, if you have not seen the lifter already. If you, if you don't train with them, you should know where their sticking points are and that sort of stuff. But what you should be focusing on more so, again, psychological stuff. Uh, you you want to know when you should be calming them down, when you should be getting them amped up. Uh, there's something called IZOF, I-Z-O-F, uh, Individual Zone of Optimal Function, I think. Uh, <laughs> and what that dictates is how much arousal the individual should have in order to uh, to be at peak performance. So, you know, maybe maybe you're someone like uh, Screamer Manuel from Great Britain. Maybe you're like him, and you know, you gotta you gotta really get fired up to uh, to perform at your best. Or maybe you're maybe you're like Joy Nanami. You know, she's I'm pretty sure she reads a book, or you know, she's <laughs> licking she's literally licking lollipops uh, as they're, as they're saying the bar is loaded for. She's She's as calm as can be, and you know that's that's where she uh, that's how she pulls two hundred kilos, weighing fifty two kilos, beltless. Uh, so I think I think a lot of it is uh, you you got to be paying attention to the athlete uh, physiologically, sure, but you know you got to know where they perform best, what sort of arousal levels, what what they're nervous about. You got to that's what you should be focusing on, and it is when you do it properly, it should be exhausting. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I mean, I've handled a couple guys, like I've handled, uh, I think, three or four athletes before. And, uh, like, I don't really get nervous before game day. Like, I get, you know, I get ex- really excited to compete. Um, I don't right. know if it's nerves or not, what I'm feeling, but it's like a little bit of a, you know, tingling in your stomach. But uh, there's no comparison um between game day coaching and actually competing for me, like game day coaching is so much more uh, intense and so much more um, nerve wracking for me because if I fuck up right. my day and I miss a squat, it's it's my fault, right? But like, and it's, I have right. only myself to blame, but if I ruin someone else's day, then that's like, I feel like a real D-bag. No. <laughs> but, yeah, but, no, uh, no. For, for people that are get, just getting into coaching, like when, um, you know, when should they start their first warm up? When when should they? Um, how do you pull an athlete back if they want to start warming up too early? Or you know, uh, temp selection when they're, you know, say they they have a set number in their head because a lot of lifters when they first start lifting they they want you know they want to squat two twenty and they just want that and maybe only you know two o fives there that day or two two twelves right. there that day. You know, how do you uh, how do you bring an athlete back to reality? Right. I talk, I talk to a lot of my lifters and, uh, they'll, they'll tell you that usually I only really give them their openers. <laughs> so, so what I do is I, I look at what should be their third attempt based off of training and I work backwards off of there and I tell them, Hey, you know, here's where I think your third attempt might be, but you know what? We're not even going to think about that much. We're just going to do the opener, you know, focus on it one step at a time, right? You're going to, you're going to hit your opener Based off that, we're going to go for your second. Based off that, we're going to go for your third. I just, you know, maybe if you're in a tight competition, you know, you can you can fake deadlift openers, you can, <laughs> you can change thirds, you can you can do all sorts of fun stuff then. But for a, for a local meet where you're just competing against yourself, you uh, 
you should just take things one step at a time. You really want to emphasize that to your lifter. You don't, you don't want them getting ahead of themselves. You want them to just be focusing on the attempt at hand and focusing on what they got to do for that. Fair enough. Um, what, uh, okay, I got some notes here. <clears throat> so, with like, say with an athlete, like, um, when, when should you start their warm-ups? Like, for instance, um, you know, you're opening, warming up for squats, generally at second flight, uh, or second, um, second attempts, and depending on where your athlete is, uh, in the flight, right. you start with that athlete, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so usually you want to, if, if the first thing you want to do is look up, obviously what flight they're in first flight or second flight. And then after that, you want to look up where they are in the flight. So if they're last in the flight, if they're last in the second flight, then you know that their final warm up should probably be when they actually start that flight. Cause you don't, you don't want to end up taking like a, like a 20 minute break between your last warm up and your first attempt. That's just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I usually like to have my lifter take, you know, the bar or 60 kilos or 70 kilos, whatever is very light for them. I like, I like for them to take that uh, two or three times and just get in a lot of reps with that. And then from there, usually taking in, uh, you know, singles, doubles, triples up to, uh, up to their last warm up because I don't see a point in doing a lot of reps with, uh, with any sort of significant weight when you're warming up for me. Um, I think if you want to get warm or, you know, grease the groove or whatever, uh, you should do that with, you know, sub 50%. Um, and then from there, yeah, triples, doubles, you know, once you get to about 80%, probably singles even. Uh, and you, uh, for quick lifting, maybe you want to, maybe you want to pay attention to when you can change your, uh, your opener, because if you, uh, if you're, if you're warming up and you can't touch, uh, you're kind of screwed. Or, or if the opposite happens and you're touching way easier than usual, you want to also be able to change your opener. So that's how that's how to look at, uh, at uh, timing the warm-ups and stuff like that. Is there a hurricane happening? That's better. Uh, sorry about that. Um, anyway, probably have to try to edit that out. But um, so, uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, equipped lifting. I remember like my first uh, two and a half years of powerlifting. It was like specific or um, strictly raw. Uh, and then I got into equipped uh, in November or just before November, uh, my first equip meet was November and you were there. And, um, I remember you were like, Billy, are you going to have time to like warm up? And I was like, yeah, man, I'll be good. And, uh, I just had enough time. I, you know, I almost didn't. And I had to rush my, my last squat and I, you know, squatted that and then unwrapped my knees ran over to the table and then I was wrapping my knees right away. And I was like, you know, I'm not the, the most fit athlete <laughs> cardiovascular wise. Uh, life. Yeah. And, um, sweating profusely and 
sucking air hard and I'm trying to wrap my knees and right. you know I can't I can't have Don Lavelle wrap my knees because it's like a fucking <laughs> tensor bandage. Uh, no uh, no disrespect to John or uh, Don, but he's just not a you know a very good knee wrapper for a, a guy who's gonna go and squat six hundred pounds. But uh, and I can't you know no one else was really available, so I had to wrap my knees and I'm just like completely gassed by the time I got out to the bar and I skipped the. Uh, Skipped Welcome a command. Yeah. Skipped a command and I was just like exhausted and then and then came back for my second and I was a little bit more composed there but missed it on depth and then got my third. But um like I remember talking to you about this before I started equip lifting and I said, you know, like what's the what like what's the difference? And you're like, it's you know, it's a completely different style of lifting, but also it's just like it's such a different game in the back room in the warm up room, like it's uh it 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 truly is something else. Like I, I had a similar experience with my first equipment. It was this, it was a small little gym we're in, and uh, I didn't know how long it's going to take to warm up. And I had the same issue. I warmed up uh, too slowly. I was a mess in the back room. I somehow went two for three on squats that day. But uh, it's a, uh, it's truly a different game. You got, you got to be timing your wraps right. I mean, uh, even if you do time them right, hey, last year at nationals, the guy before me, he, uh, he dropped the bar or something happened, and. I'm standing there with my wraps on for another minute or two. Your you know, arms wrapped to me, so they're they're fairly tight. And you go out there, and your 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 legs are numb. I think Bryce Project had, uh, ran into that issue this year at nationals. He uh, wrapped his knees too early, and he walked out there, and he almost missed, or he did miss his opener. I think. Yeah, uh, he did. Couldn't, couldn't feel his legs. <laughs> he couldn't feel his hitting depth. It, it's a much more uh, precise game that you got to play. Uh, you got to be wrapping your knees at the right time. Yeah. Hey, you got to have backup wraps in case one pops off or something. Uh, you got to set your shirt right, as I learned. Uh, <laughs> you got you got to got to be really paying attention. And we're all lifting. Once you've done an equip meet, and I I know it sounds uh, to a lot of the raw lifters that might think it sounds silly, but once you get an equip meet, uh, you know. Raw just doesn't seem that exciting. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're not you're not wrapping your knees. You're not you know you're not throwing on the shirt. You know that you're gonna you know that you're not gonna bomb out. At least I hope so. You know. Yeah, pretty... if you do, you suck. Yeah, if I see a raw bomb out, it's fine. I'm not really sure what happened there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you played yourself. Yeah, so it's just it's just a much more exhilarating game and. uh and that's why I love it. As as nervous and anxious and shitty as it might make me feel on meet day, I I wouldn't have it anyway, uh, anyway else. Any other way. Um, <laughs> Any other way. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, man, it's just like I like I did uh, I did raw, you know, raw nationals, and then all all you have to do is like slide up your knee sleeves and <laughs> you know pick pick what pump up song you want to listen to and and that's it and you're ready to go and then with the equipped I mean, at, at provincials you saw last year i what did i go i went 75 187 and a half 195 on the squat like you know it doesn't matter it's like <laughs> it's raw like you're only gonna really miss on depth and even then it's just like to squat deeper it's not that hard when you're when you're not in a squat suit and wraps <laughs> but it's like yeah man it's and then with the equipped you're you know, you wrap your knees you get a hand hand up and then you need like a, a guy or two to help you get your straps up and yeah. then for me i was on platform one so we had stairs and so abby's like 
pushing me up the stairs and giving John Wesley a fucking piggyback. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's so much more intense. And then when you, when you go over to, uh, to raw, it's just like, it's like, is this even, is this even serious? Like you're just like, I, I, I find it, I find it a bit boring to be honest, but, uh, you know, it, it is fun. I, I will say, Hey, there's less barriers to entry. It's growing the sport. It's doing a great job. It, uh, it's getting people in the sport, and uh, it, it's grown it. It's it's a lot more relaxed, so it's less expensive. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, if you don't have time to commit to powerlifting, or if you don't have the training partners or whatever else, it's a great option. Like I, I guarantee you, if I if I had started before twenty thirteen, before raw existed, and if I was forced to do quick lifting, I probably would hate it. I probably I would probably hate the idea of like. Oh shit! I don't have a training partner. It looks like I can't do my equip squats or I can't do my equip bench. That'd be really annoying. But you know, with the option to do raw, I think it's uh, I think it's good. Or you just be a maniac like me and do it anyways. Yeah, well, yeah, not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's the only disadvantage of living on an island. Uh, <laughs> no one wants to equip left. <laughs> but uh, so, what do you got coming up next as like meat wise and and stuff like that? You just competed at a local meet. Uh, right, I just did a local meet, and the goal of that was just to hit the, uh, the, I'm an open lifter next year, so the goal of that was to hit the open national qualifying total, and I missed it, but I think uh, 10 kilos or something. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a relatively easy day, but evidently not. I still PR'd my total, I think by 30 or 32 and a half kilos or something. Uh, so, we're looking to, I think Junior Worlds is the end of August. That's, uh, gives us what, like, uh, we're 125 days, 126 days out. There you go. Uh, so I think Junior Worlds is going to be the next meet. I wouldn't mind doing a you know, I've, I've recruited the help of, of Adam to uh, to coach me on squat and dad, and he's always done an excellent job peaking me on Mite, and uh, I think I think we'll be good to go for that. Beautiful. And uh, you've you've gone to Junior Worlds how many times now? You've made the team like three times, right? Uh, yeah, I made the team three times, and I didn't go in 2018 due to a boatload of injuries. I was in 24/7 <laughs> pain, like. It, it it was ridiculous. I uh, <laughs> that that was pretty bad. So I decided to drop out of that. But uh, yeah, 2016, I went to Poland, and uh, that was interesting. Uh, you want to talk about injuries? I had separated. Apparently, I'd separated my AC joint by like 11 millimeters or something. I couldn't lower. I couldn't lower 40 kilos raw. It would. My neck felt like it was going to explode. So I still competed, and I hit I think a 20 kilo bench PR. So that was great. And then uh, 2017 was in Orlando. Uh, that that was also a bit of a weird meet. Ended up taking four equipped squats. Uh, three of those were in like 15 minutes or something. So Jesus. that was also an interesting meet. Uh, I think I ended up with a PR total or something. So yeah, right. two two world meets. This would be world meet number number three in Canada. In Canada, and then maybe Commonwealth after that. It's only a week or two between the two meets, so maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, that's a little excessive for me. <laughs> It'd be fun, but uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't 
expect a good performance, that's for sure. <laughs> peak to peak. Yeah. Are you uh are you planning on what's your plan when you get into the opens? Are you gonna do some bodybuilding figure stuff oh. or <laughs> you know you know what? Uh, it's uh twenty twenty nineteen is shaping up to be a pretty interesting year. I'm just looking at my little whiteboard here that I've got and uh <laughs> It's uh, it's the life side of the real, the real life outside of powerlifting side of things is getting is getting pretty busy and uh, I don't know, like I, I I'd obviously like to keep powerlifting and training for equipped lifting and stuff, but maybe that's not on the cards. Maybe I maybe got to back off of some of the intense stuff and uh, uh, you know you won't you won't catch me not training ever. I'll always be in the gym in some sort of form, but maybe not competing as hard as I am used to. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough. Like, um, you know, life gets in the way. I think I'm gonna start dialing it back to, you know, one or two meets a year. Um, probably the national, provincial side of things, and maybe because I can go to junior worlds, go to junior worlds, um, just for the experience. But it's a fun time. Yeah, life gets in the way, and and uh, that you need to you know maintain that balance with uh, you know life. For sure. And, and, you know, making and you know, and, it's it's a. Uh, it all—it's all about your priorities, right? Like, uh, like you had—you had Joanna Raber on there. She's, uh, you know, she's got two kids. She's an anesthesiologist. Uh, I know she works on call. Like, she, uh, she'll, she'll have like a twenty-four hour workday sometimes. Or, you know, Adam's doing his MD PhD program. He had to pull out of the last two local meets he was going to do, uh, but he's still out there training. He's hit some pretty big numbers in training. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of. Uh, elite level powerlifters who are doing a lot of stuff outside of powerlifting yeah. and it's it's just about you know time management but ray williams you know, for instance ray williams is crazy he just had a, a reddit ama the other day and he said when he was in school on school nights i think he was sleeping three or four hours yeah 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 and he's, he's got he's got he's a football coach he's got one or two kids and he was doing his Doctor, I think I'm yeah. not sure what. He's but yeah, like the best powerlifter in the world right now. So <laughs> the best. Uh, Blaine, Blaine's the same way. Blaine, uh, Blaine is a. Uh, I think he's an uh, engineer, and uh, he's insanely busy as well. And I've got no idea how he coaches on top of <laughs> doing uh, on top of benching, you know, 900 plus pounds every week. Chicken I don't shakes. know how he does it. Chicken shakes. It's a secret. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's uh, really all I had for questions for you. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about, or? Uh, let me think. Mayor loves the limelight. I love it. <laughs> let me just uh, let me just bask in it for a second here. <laughs> uh, not too much, really. Uh, uh, I'll just say, if anyone wants some help with anything, they can just drop me a line. I don't really mind. They can, they, we can chat about whatever. If they need help with anything. Uh, Where would they, they find always, you? Hmm? They can always, they can always come down to to my gym, uh, the the home gym. They can get in a session. Maybe we can throw on a shirt. It'll be fun. MTS uh, headquarters. Find, yeah, MTS headquarters. <laughs> they can, uh, they can find me on Instagram at Mayhars underscore Life or on Facebook. Or if you want to stalk my, I think I've got like five hundred. Uh, videos on youtube you can you can run through that as well they're great his old his old lifting videos are great 
you can see everything from 2012, I think, until now. It's been a, it's been a bit of a journey. It's like the Pete Rubish Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, minus minus a few hundred kilos. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, we should uh, definitely get in some equipped training before Worlds coming up. We're gonna hopefully both going to be going to Regina to go to Worlds, and um, maybe we can do a preview show for that or something. Yeah, so uh, it was good talking to you, Mehar. Um, as always, I love you, and you're a good <laughs> lad, and it's nice, uh, nice knowing you. All righty, Billy, good talking to you. Likewise, it's over and out. See ya. All right, that was Mehar Bogal. He's a equip lifter from Vancouver. Cool guy, funny guy. He's one of the first guys I ever met in powerlifting, so um, I've been in touch with him ever since, and been uh he's been helping me out with powerlifting and handled me for a few meets and stuff like that so uh yeah that was a good little chat with him um fun stuff if you guys have any other questions um contact me on instagram big chunk